we're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey guys, it's Erin. We've alluded in the past couple weeks' show notes to the fact that we've been having some audio issues. We thought we had it fixed, but we are still running into some of the static problems, and we don't know if it's a problem with my USB port or the software or the microphone itself. So if you can just bear with us, I've done the best I can to fix it. But we appreciate your patience while we try to figure it out, and hopefully next week we won't be having this problem. Hey everyone. Hello. Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Erin. Um, this is a podcast that we do. Um, that <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that uh, that we like to do, and uh, we usually we talk about things ranging from pop culture to not so pop culture. Um, this episode, I think, is the most pop culture that we've ever done. It might be because, like, it's literally about what is pop. You are. Yeah. Euler. Euler. I know about popular. You do you? Pop Euler's day off? La 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 la. No, you don't you don't know wicked, do you? I don't. Oh okay. I don't. I thought um that you were referencing a not a surf song. No. I don't um, know what that is. <laughs> and that's why my face was looking the way it was. <laughs> Does Aaron know obscure nineties alternative music? Oh. <laughs> What's happening here? She you... got into Nirvana and then and then just did a deep dive. <laughs> Have you met me? Um, I mean, I know I throw you a curveball sometimes, but <laughs> not that curved. Um, oh, I guess we, no context correction from last week. They've released outtakes and and deleted scenes and stuff from Movie Man. Yeah, I haven't watched yet, yeah. but they're pretty good. I'm sure they're good. Yep, I need to watch. I just haven't had a chance. Griffin with a guitar. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, um, in a good way. Uh, <laughs> fair. Just a, said. Just about. J- just away. It's, it's in a segment called theme song. Oh. So, okay. So, um, I saw this on the My Favorite Murder podcast Facebook group. Okay. Um, and someone I don't know where they got it from, but it, it's it's a sort of a meme that I thought was pretty fun to to do. Okay. Um. So you take a book. And you read the first line, and then the second sentence is, and that's when the murder started. Oh, good. So I have three books that I selected from your shelf. Excellent. And I'm going to do it. And uh, I want everyone to get on the Facebook group, Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. Nice. And and try and find the best one. Okay. Uh, here's the, a hint. The best one that you have done, or the best, like, everybody... Everyone go to their bookshelves. Go post one. Yeah. Okay. Um, a hint... Uh, children's books make for for the best ones. Oh, good. Yeah, like the one about the one with the first line of Madeline or Madeline is really funny because it's like uh-huh. and one little girl named Madeline and that's, and that's when the murder her. started. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've ne- I did uh, eleven twenty two sixty three, which is uh, I've never been a crying man, and that's when the murder started. Nice. Which is accurate that's, to yeah. the plot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It so is. The first one is a separate piece by John Knowles. I don't know why I own that still. I mean, I liked it when we read it yeah. in school, but I don't know why this I feels have a copy. Like a new copy, like you yeah. went to the bookstore and were like, five ninety nine. What a steal!" That may have happened. Yeah, I went back to the Devon School not long ago and found it o- looking oddly newer than when I was a student there fifteen years before, and that's when the murders started. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Book two, the perks of being a wallflower. 
it has your name in it. Adorable. Oh yeah, that one, that copy has stuff like highlighted and underlined. There was a moment in college when I was going to turn it into a play. No, I was just oh. like taking notes on it for my own amusement. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> August twenty fifth, nineteen ninety one. Dear friend, I am writing to you because she said you listen and understand and didn't try to sleep with that person at that party, even though you could have. And that's when the murders started. <laughs> Cuts right to the chase. Yeah. And then the final one that I selected was Bridget Jones's diary. Oh, which is going to start the same, a similar way to... Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think I remember something about the first sentence. I don't. Oh I, haven't, I haven't read Bridget Jones's diary since it was made into a movie. Um, well, the, it starts in the, in the form of a list. Right. So I will not drink more than 14 alcohol units a week. And that's when the murders started. <laughs> Excellent. You know what has to happen now, right? A what? Okay. So here are mine. Okay. This is called The Solitaire Mystery. Ooh. And I read it in psych class, and it was actually super good. Huh. Okay. Very random, but super good. Okay. Let's see. The great journey to the homeland of the philosophers began in Arendelle. What? Arendal. Huh. The great journey to the homeland of the philosophers began in Arendal, an old shipping town on the south coast of Norway. And that's where the murder started. <laughs> that that just described Arendelle as... Oh, that's frozen. In Norway. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that book a, a frozen murder mystery? No. Um, it's... Sorry, this is this other book is metallic, and I put it right under the lamp, and it was blinding me. No, but the guy who wrote it, I think, is Norwegian. Norwegian. Um, I want you to lost that, all of our Norwegian listeners. I want you to take another another pass at that first sentence. Oh wait, it's, and that's when the murders began. Oh, that's when the murders began. I'm also not entirely sure that that's actually the start of the book. Now that I'm looking at, there's like, okay. Hold on, let me just confirm. And then the murders began. And then the murders began. Yes. The great journey to the homeland of the philosophers began in Arendal, an old shipping town on the south coast of Norway. And then the murders began. <laughs> seems, seems an appropriate start to, a, to a, mur a mystery. Yep. This next one is called The Silver Rose by Jane Feather. This was the first romance novel I ever read. Ooh. And I had to do some internet digging to remember what it was called. So that I could order a slightly newer copy because my original one got lost. Pages stuck together and stuff. Nope. <laughs> nope. I mean, when I say I, the first one I ever read, I mean, I was like 11 and I got it from a library book sale because it sounded like it was like a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Oh. I had no idea it was a romance novel. My aunt mm -hmm. had boxes full of romance novels. Oh, yeah? Which, as like a 10-year-old boy, mm -hmm. are pretty great to look at just the covers of because they yeah. were like... Like bodice what you think rippers. of, yeah, yeah, like where bodices were in the process of being ripped, yeah, yeah, like that. Only like way more boob. Well, yeah. I mean, like, There's... what is that? That's like a chaste. What is she a nun? Yeah, I, she might be. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read this since I was eleven. <laughs> the winter night was dark. Snow fell softly, covering the slimy cobbles in the narrow lanes, overlaying the filth in the kennels, creating a delicate white world that would last until the first footfall of dawn, and then the murders began. <laughs> that was a little too like um, generic. Yeah, I, I also I, I was taken out of it as I assumed that I would be in reading it as a romance novel by the use of slimy in the first sentence yeah, of the romance I agree. novel and to describe the road and filth. Like this is from a book called Collecting Books, Instant Expert. 
I don't know why this was on my husband's shelf. Clearly, that's, this is book number one. Maybe you find yourself surrounded by books and aren't sure whether it, whether it all constitutes a genuine collection. And then the murders started. <laughs> that one's the best one. That one's so pretty good, yeah. That was just the introduction. The actual first chapter. Where to begin, if not a stuffy, overpriced, glass-encased store? And then the murders began. <laughs> Either way, I think maybe nonfiction is the way to go for this particular game. It's quite possible, though I will reiterate that, like, um, uh, I Am Sam and Then the Murders Began is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. So that's that's a fun game. That, that was a fun game. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, so let, shall we get into the topic proper? Let's get into, well, do we have two topics proper? We have like a topic minor and a topic major. Okay. Which would you like to start with? Do we want to start with a topic minor? Okay. And then just... Is that yours? Yeah. Okay. And then just dive into yours? Sure. Okay. So I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem Awakening. Yes. And I'm super into it. Yeah. You've been... Like all I want to do is play Fire Emblem Awakening. Aaron, put it down. Put Aaron. She's not actually playing. Yet. (laughs) I've gotten to the point where I can't... I, I, I don't have strong enough people to, like, properly beat the paralogs. Mm. There are, like, these... So, yeah. So, there's the main story. Okay. And I started playing this, and all of a sudden, my female... So, you get, like, the player character. You yeah. can be male or female. Okay. And so, my player character I made into a female, and all of a sudden, she's marrying the prince, who is, like, the other... Like, if either of the two of them die, the game is over. Oh, my. Um, and you have to, like, start that level over again. Okay. So, all of a sudden, they're getting married. And I'm like, all right, wonder... And I Googled. I was like, what happens if it's a dude? Yeah. Like, do you still hook up with the prince, or does he marry somebody else? Turns out, if it's a dude, he marries somebody else. The only reason he married my person is because I had had them playing next to each other enough that they built a relationship. Oh, it's like Sims. Yes. I'm assuming. I've never played Sims. What? Or, yeah. But yeah. I assume that it's like that. Yeah. So then I started Googling around a little more, and it was like, oh, you can, like, build relationships between characters and, like, marry them off, and they can, like, get married and have kids. And I was like, well, New I'm, game. Like, way more excited about <laughs> this game now. Yeah. So I was doing that, but I couldn't figure out why nobody was... Like, I kept seeing the little hearts come up whenever they fight a battle together. Yeah. But it wasn't ever, like, there were, there were no more, like, cut scenes with anybody getting married. Aww. So I randomly, st- on the menu, there's this thing called barracks. Okay. Where you can go in and you can watch characters talk to each other. Yeah. And, I, and it kept saying, you know, like, you know, Krom and Leah's relationship has improved. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. Good for them. But nobody was getting married. Oh. And then I realized that at the beginning of all of this, on like the third chapter of this story, the I had outlawed un- marriage. Right. <laughs> no. Just <laughs> unoutlawed it, and suddenly everyone was getting married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, so I I had unlocked support conversations, and I remember doing that and clicking on that that like link in the menu, and it was just like a list of all the characters. And nobody could, like, I couldn't do anything with it. I kept hitting stuff, and it just kept beeping at me. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I don't know what this is, and then I promptly forgot about it. Right. Apparently, you're supposed to go into that after you have fought a battle and the little hearts have come up, and you can make your characters talk to each other to build support, and once you've reached, like, the fourth level of support, then they get married. Aww. And when two characters get married, a side quest called a paralogue is opened where you meet their children. 
Okay. From the future. Their children, their grown children, have time traveled back to help stop the evil, like, dragon overlord or okay. whatever. Right. Um, so each time you marry off characters, there's each character has, um, like, all of the, I guess, key characters uh-huh. in the story have an assigned child. So, like, Crom has his daughter Lucina, regardless of who he marries. Okay. Lucina will be his daughter. Okay. Lissa has Owen, regardless of who she marries. Owen will be her son. Owen Wilson, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Um, and then the like, basically the the hair color of the child changes depending on Genetics. who the other parent is. Right. So yeah, so that has been very interesting for me. So like, would you say now that you are basically just playing the Ancestry.com, the game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's like fantasyancestry.com. Right. There's like fan, fan- fantasy. Fa- fantasy. Yeah. That sounds like a sexual deviancy. Yeah. What's he in for? Anstrency. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm enjoying it at this point. That so it seems like something my wife would be like. I could sell her on playing that game. Kind of into. But I was like. Yeah, so there's this whole thing where you marry people and then their their kids come back and you play with their kids. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be like, uh, what is this? Um, I have a question. Yes. Can, so have you gotten, I'm, I'm going to basically put this in terms of animals now because okay. I don't know how to say it. Have you gotten a future character and a modern day character to breed and make a another No, I have not tried that but have, i think have the, you back to the future three it <laughs> i think the way that would work so if i i'm trying i'm trying to think if there's even like one of the original character like the original set of characters hi torque i'm here now i haven't i don't know if i even have any of like the original um cast of characters that i haven't partnered off okay but now i kind of want to see what happens if i do like if i were to take lissa yeah. And instead of partnering her with Longku, if I were to try to partner her with like Owen Wilson, the yeah, well, he's her own son. Crap! So I, I would try to the part- one guy. Yeah, I would try to partner her with like Inigo. Jordan. Okay, Inigo that, Montoya. So, yeah. So then Lissa and Inigo, who is Olivia's son, oh. would have Torg. No, 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 no. If I were to marry off Lissa to Inigo, who is Olivia's son, yeah, then Owen's dad would basically be his contemporary right and then but then like would there be another paragon where their kid came back and fought with the whole party and it's like grandpa i don't know i haven't delved that deeply into it because i don't have any of the original characters yeah left to marry up i mean there are a handful but i don't know like the couple that I have, I'm working on getting into relationships with one another. Right. So, so you, probably the solution is to start completely over? Oh, I intend to play this game multiple times through. Excellent. And basically choose your own adventure it with genetics and just see who I can pair off with who. <laughs> I like to think that like in your notebook, there's just a whole bunch of... Um, what were those things called? Like family trees? No, like uh, the genetic things like... Uh, Something squares. Pun, oh, Punnett squares. Yes. And you're, but like it would be modified because you'd just be like Inigo and Olivia. Is that something? 
uh, his mom. God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I just want it to be incestuous. Come on. Is there something so wrong with that? Apparently there is because you can't do it. <laughs> um, no, it's like, it's really interesting though. And so all of like, when you do build support between characters, <laughs> just, I... you just keep screwing it up. Yeah. When you build support between characters, like you get conversations between them. And some of them you can tell that those two characters were not really designed to get together because the conversation's real awkward. Right. Like, I was like, what if I take the mage who is, I mean, she's basically like book one Hermione Granger, but like an adult, but she's like very in, like everything is by the book and she's kind of got a stick up her ass. Right. And I have partnered her with the big dumb fighter dude. Oh, Nice. To see what would happen. So like crab? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and you can... Well, I, he's... It's like Victor Crumb. Yes. Yeah, kind of like a, like, an, like a Weasley twin meets Victor Crumb. Oh. Crumb Weasley. Yeah. Weasley Crumb. Gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean... It's a possible partnership, but right. you can tell from the dialogue that the writers were like, yeah, but you really shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, we'll let you, right? but you really shouldn't. So, like, what, what do the support conversations, like, sound like? Like, what is that one? What, how is that one? That one is usually, oh, I'm trying to remember how that one went. She was like, I've been watching you, and the way that you really, the way that you focus on what you're doing and, like, grunt as you hit things is very fascinating to me. And he's, Why, like, and he's like, nice shoes. No, he's more like, uh, okay. <laughs> like he's super confused by her. And Aww. she's like, I would like to study this more. Aww. And I think when they finally get together, she's like, it's something, something to the effect of, I feel that our relationship has changed and I don't understand it. And he's like, well, you've fallen in love with me. Yeah. And she's like, is, is he more like is? Jane? From Firefly? Like No, he's like he's a good he he doesn't have like the Or like I guess Mal even like it sounds like is he self aware in any way? Because, like I guess that'd be the Weasley part of him. Yeah, he's like he one of his after he battles stuff, one of the little things that pops up is a picture of him and he goes, Anybody want to touch my muscles? Oh. He's like he's like the dumb jock. Who is that? Kind like? of. He's kind of like um, Peter in the Divergent series. No, because he's a good guy. Oh, like he's a really like he's he's a good nice guy. So he's you, just not real smart. You're just say, so what you're saying is that he's not a character. Which I should stop trying to find another character. Uh-huh. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of like no, he's not at all. He's like the he's the dumb jock of the team. Gotcha. She, it's like trying to pair like the dumb jock quarterback with the super book smart. She has glasses and a ponytail right. character. She actually does have glasses, but no ponytail. What about the paint-stained overalls? Uh, there might be some paint on her robes. That's close I, enough for yeah. me. <laughs> but yeah, my my current favorite pairing um, starts out with Stahl is the guy's name. And the girl's name, it's spelled C-H-E-R-C-H-E, which in French is pronounced Cherche. Cherche. Oh. But in my head, I call her Shersha. Yeah. Isn't it like Shersha Lefemme? Maybe. Like that 
Well, Cherche is Cherche La Femme would be with a different and ending oh. on the word. It would be like a Z or something. Yes, yeah. If it's an imperative, like you go look for the girl, right? Or you go look for the woman. It would it would be with a Z at the end, right? Yeah. But so, how is hers pronounced? Church. I don't. I don't know if it's supposed to. It, see, that's the problem. Is it doesn't tell you the name how to pronounce any of these names. Hey, Churchy, get over here. So I've been calling her Shersha yeah. in my head, but so in their first support conversation, it's Stahl is on laundry duty, and he's like, "Whose cloak is this? It smells really good." And she's like, "Oh, that's mine. That's a perfume I brought from my home." Um, by the way, in my village, it's considered really inappropriate to smell a woman's cloak. <laughs> so. Just so you know. And he's like, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. I'm sorry. No, and he's like, that's kind of a tease because you make it smell really good and then tell me I can't smell it and that's not fair. Hmm. And then the next pairing, he's like, hey, you want to go get her? I have to go collect some firewood. You want to come with me? And she's like, sure. In my village, that's considered like the best first date. And he's like, okay, that's a really weird first date. And also, I'm like... Please don't think that I'm trying to be inappropriate. <laughs> and then in the next one, she gives him this handkerchief that she embroidered uh-huh. for him. And he's like, oh, I've been reading up on customs from your country. This Aww. means this, right? And she's like, only if I give it to a woman. If I give it to a man, it's just a nice handkerchief that I gave to a man. And he's like, damn it. I, fi- I thought I got one. <laughs> Aw, that's cute. But then, Yeah, but then when they finally actually do get together, it's very cute. And he's like, you know... I've been thinking that when this war is over, I want to come back to Valm with you and help rebuild your village. And she's like, but don't they need you in a list? And he's like, I don't care if they need me in a list. I want to be with you. Nice. And it's very sweet. And she's like, what are you waiting for? Quit stalling. Exactly. Okay. That I, I know a... you're doing a pun on his name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that very I've been, That I've been sort of trying to think of for the yeah. whole time. So... Uh-huh. So they get together or something? No, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and on the boards, there are some, so the, the like when you're battling, you're on like a grid. Okay. Yep. And some of the squares have like sparkles on them. Uh-huh. And if a character goes and stands on that sparkle grid, they either get XP or they get like find an item, um, like a weapon or something. If you pair two, you can, so you can pair two people up. You can either have them fight next to each other where they like kind of support each other, but if you actually pair them up, they take one turn for the unit but do like double damage. Uh-huh. So you get fewer turns but more damage. Yeah. Um and if you put them as a unit mm-hmm. on a grid and they have an established level of support, they make very they say very sweet things to each other. I put them on the same grid or the same sparkle square at one point and he said something about um she was like what do, what do you look like what is that that you've got? And I'm like, "Oh, it's probably going to give me a weapon or something." And he turns around and he goes, "Oh, I found this flower. It's beautiful. It reminds me of you, my love." And I was like, "That's so sweet." And she's like, "In my village, that is a horrible insult." <laughs> probably. You basically <laughs> just said you wish I was dead like a flower. <laughs> probably. It was very sweet. That's nice. Yeah. So that's, I don't care about the battles. I don't care who wins the, I don't care who wins the war. As long as everybody, you know, gets, gets married together. and has kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. That's nice. So that is uh, my game. I kind of want, like, I know that we don't have time for this, but I'm like, go boot it up. I want to see what this is like. Yeah, maybe next time. Okay. Maybe next time. We should talk about your thing, because we are halfway through our episode. Yeah. 
So, seems good. I think yeah. this is going well. That, yeah. That is, I have to say, I was like, what is this? You're like, the time travel thing is sort of weird, but like the other thing is really cool. I was like, what could it possibly be? Relationships. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. like that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So you, ha- but you have the main topic. That was really more of like an NCC for me. I just wanted to talk about my video game a little bit longer. Okay. Yes. So, um, okay. <laughs> this is a topic that um, it definitely falls under the category of unabashedly obsessed. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of a topic that I have been sort of trying to figure out how to talk about with you in sort of a way that's not just me monologuing and being uh-huh. like, so anyways, that's it. Pennies kill. And so do smokings. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I love it. Um, so, but I, and I don't know that I've entirely actually solved that problem. Okay. <laughs> but um, I wanted to talk about charts and countdowns and all things in that realm. Specifically related to music? Or just in general? Because I know that you do like charts and countdowns in general. I like, yeah, I think it's going to be sort of in general. It's going to be mostly music because that sort of pairs an interest. Right. But I thought I'd first start by talking a little bit about uh, my history with this stuff. Sure. So um, there are several sort of seed points for this interest. Okay. Um, One was that um, as an activity on, like, the weekend... Um, my dad and stepmom and I would uh, go through the New York Times bestseller list. Okay. uh, Counting down. And they would have been through it enough times. They did it enough weeks in a row Mm -hmm. that they could, just based on part of the description of the book, they knew the title and the author. Wow. Yeah. It was, thinking back on it, an odd thing to do. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> but so um, one of the seed points was, so we did that. And then one one year in 1997, um, they got me a Billboard magazine. Okay. Um, which at the time, by the way, this is this is a Billboard now. It has, it's thin. It's sort of an, a, an appropriate size. It has lots of color pictures and stuff. Yeah, it looks page. like a, is it bigger than a normal, like taller it, than a normal magazine? It is, but it's smaller than it used to be. Okay. It used to be like... Yeah, because um, they used to be really big. Really, really big. But like lots of color. Yeah. And this thing, very little color. And all the charts were in the back. Okay. And they had just articles that were very small print and like not interesting to read about like several stations were added to the Milwaukee radio line. Like it was, I was like, ugh, this is so boring. Big whoop. Yeah. Um, even like the front looked like... Kind of like the New York Times would look to yeah. a 10-year-old. Like, yeah. it was like, oh, my God. Um, and then, like, all the charts were, you know, at the very end. Right. Um, and actually, a recent thing, they actually changed this while I, I had a subscription since uh, about the, I think I got it for my birthday, 2014. Okay. It may have been more related to my 200th episode of my countdown. It was, it, okay. it was I got a subscription I don't, from my dad and stepmom. But I don't remember if it was related to my birthday or the 200th episode of my show. Right. Um, they moved the Hot 100 to the first page. Okay. Where it used to be the first thing, the first chart in the back. Okay. But they moved it up front because I think they were basically like, look, a lot of people just want to see what songs are big. Right. So let's move this to the front. But at the time, in 1987, all of the charts were in the back and just one after the other, whatever. Okay. 
So one of the things that we did was we went through both the Hot 100, which is the singles chart, and the Billboard 200, which is the albums chart, backwards, and they would be like, they would give me like the artist, and I would give them like the song or the album. Okay. To what I seem to recall, pretty decent accuracy, which okay. is pretty cool, because like that's like a hundred song, like it means that I was listening to radio and watching VH1 and stuff enough to be like, let's see, what's Madonna's current single? Right. Um, which is sort of weird. Um, yeah. But uh, that was a very nice memory of mine. And yeah. so, like, that was one. Meanwhile, um, every New Year's Eve, we'd go up, for for a number of years, we'd go up after Christmas through New Year's um, to my stepdad's um, parents' place. Okay. Where I stayed in a bedroom that had a TV. So on New Year's Eve, uh, Nick at Night, would run a countdown of uh, viewer-voted episodes from any show. Okay. And I loved that. I loved the countdown aspect. I loved the viewer um, contribu- contribution aspect. And I loved the, um, that it could be any show from any part of this. Like, it was not... Yeah, that sounds like something conceptualized by James. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because it was so... Fo- because that's... I was like, I want that in my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So one one thing that appeals to me about all of this stuff is the user of you know viewer public construction of it. Right. Um I don't like actually the chart that I pull from for my other show mm-hmm. um is an airplay chart. Okay. And so the big elephant in the room is it's not necessarily based on popular opinion of the songs. Okay. The thing we have to ignore on my show on my other show is the idea that there are playlists and that, like, once, you know, summer comes to an end, those playlists change and all the songs fall off and, like, right. go down due to some executive saying, okay, now the new, you know, whatever, let's yeah. push that to the top. I actively try and ignore that because it makes my show not enjoyable to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, because the Hot 100, it's it was originally airplay and sales data. Okay. So, like, what was played on the radio, and then and then also what record stores were reporting, which was notoriously just like, oh, uh, yeah, we sold um, a million of, you know, 10,000 of this. You right. Know, okay, I guess we'll trust them. Until 1991, when Nielsen came in, uh, Nielsen SoundScan, which is also uh, where ratings come from, the mm-hmm. Nielsen ratings. Yeah. So Nielsen has this thing that every time you boop, like you check out a, a thing, right? it logs it oh. on Nielsen. So, with the advent of UPC labels, you could start accurately gauging what was selling. Okay. Without having to be like, so, what was selling? What has right. sold? Um, and so, the, you, they talk about the SoundScan era, which is starting in 1991 through present. Okay. Um, because up until that point, you can't really trust the data. Right. Um, so... Then the Hot 100 was accurate sales descriptions and what was being played on the radio. So those are okay. both accurate. Um, in 2011 or so, they started adding streaming, which is oh, okay. Spotify, right. YouTube, and stuff. And that when that happened, the week that happened, um, it was in the middle of the Harlem Shake um, meme, which you may not have been aware of. I don't know what that it is. It was a YouTube thing where it was the song Harlem Shake, but it would basically be like... 
we can post a video on, on the Facebook group or whatever to refresh people's memories about what this was. It would basically be a group of people um, in a room, like, frozen. Okay. Except for one person who was, who was sort of dancing to the music that was playing. Okay. That was building and building and building and building. And then there was a drop. And then the, the movie would, would cut to that same room with those same people, but then everyone was dancing. Okay. Um, it's it's weird to describe. It's like you said before we started, you're going to describe a meme on whatever. That's the thing they do on Pokemon Go Radio, and they yeah. make fun of themselves yeah. every week for yeah. doing it. It's hard They're to... like, this is dumb. We don't know why we keep and doing And it was this. dumb then, too. But okay. because YouTube has a way of knowing if you've put a track into the background of a video, okay. it can tell that and report it to people. You know, like, it's not like, you know, oh, report you and, and get you fined. Right. It's like, oh, they use this in their video, so it goes oh. to the same sort of thing. So okay. the week that they started streaming was in the middle of this meme, okay. and it sent Harlem Shake to the number one, like it was the number one song in America. Oh, okay. Do, I it, don't know what that song it's, is. It, it's not a good song. Right. So my one of my favorite things from the modern era of the modern era of uh, of charts is when a meme sends a song sends a song really high up on the chart, even to like okay. number one, like that or like. Um, what is the song they do the mannequin challenge with? Uh, that it's, um that was. I don't remember what the song is, but I imagine that one spiked too. It did for the same reason. It did, and I don't remember what it was. It was by someone fairly famous. No. Dang it. I don't know. But you, that same thing. Yeah. It's that exact same thing. And you're like, what is this song? And and then you're like, and then I, I when I, I do a, a thing on my on my blog that's uh, Top 10 Tuesday. And so when a song jumps up and I'm like, it's not by like Bruno Mars or right. Ed Sheeran or Rihanna or whatever. I'm like, who is this? You're what like, is this song? What meme is this attached and to? I, yeah. And I'll say this is, I don't know if this is in a commercial or if it's attached to a meme. And then like two seconds later, I'll be like, oh, Oh, oh it's, it's that. Oh, it was um, is it Black Beatles by Ray Shre- um, Ray Shremid? Yeah. Maybe it may be. It, I think it's I think it's the song that that was at number one for a while because okay. it was popular, but it was also part of that Mannequin Challenge. Thing. Okay. Um, recently they added Pandora to okay. the charts, which is very interesting to me. Because so, wait, they, so they had Spotify, but not Pandora. They had Spotify. And uh, Vivo, which is yeah, like you, it's basically YouTube, yeah. um, and um, uh, iTunes. Okay, but like, not like the Apple Music or um, for streaming. Yes, uh, they had so they had streaming. They also had uh, sales, right? And what what they call album equivalent album equivalency, okay. which is if you if if you release an album and there's one song that people buy eighty gajillion copies of. Okay. It count every 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 like fifteen hundred um, sales of that song counts as an album sale for oh, that. Album. Okay. So there's that, and they they track iTunes and and other things that yeah. basically if they report their data, okay. they they track it. Um, but yeah, they haven't been, they hadn't done Pandora until like earlier this year. Interesting. Yeah, but what's really weird to me about the Pandora thing is that most I. Most users, I feel like, have Pandora basically on. You pick what the thing is, right? I mean, there's a Pandora Premium where you can repeat a song and you can skip a right. song, whatever. Which I would imagine would have some effect, but like, it's been really hard for me. I've been trying to think about like, 
does Pandora data do anything? Because so many people are just like randomly listening to, like, I don't have any control. Like my listening to, you know, the Beatles come together on Pandora a bunch is not because I'm particularly like stoked about that song. It's a great song, but like, I think the fact I'm that, not picking it. Yeah, the fact that Pandora seems to have decided that. 90s pop means yeah. play me Wonderwall exactly. one gajillion times. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if like the Pandora premium is more There's able got... to be like, I want to play this song. Yeah. It has to be, right? It's got to be. But. Because, yeah, because like if you go into Pandora and you type in like Taylor Swift. Yeah. It just plays you a bunch of shit that it thinks is like Taylor Swift. Right. It's never like Taylor right. Swift. Exactly. Um. <clears throat> Okay, so I kind of got sidetracked because I got <laughs> excited. Um, I like the idea that a group of people contributes to what is being played. Right. So um, when we were in high school, there was a countdown show on DC 101 called uh, The Top of the Night Countdown, mm-hmm. which was hosted by Kelly Knight, I believe was the the lady's name. Okay. So it was Top of the Night, you know, Knight. Yeah. Um, and it would be like, all right, it's 8 o'clock. Everyone start calling in with your requests. Right. Um, and I was like, and I wouldn't ever call in with a request, right? But I would love listening to that because I was like, people did this. Yeah, people decided that, that that this Rage Against the Machine song was more like they wanted to hear it more than this whatever you know whatever Red song. Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But last night it was the opposite. So oh my gosh, that's so weird. Um, it also has to do with um, they ran a thing. I, I feel like I maybe talked about this maybe during the teen music, but like um, they did this thing where. If you told them, if you called in in the morning and told them what album or what song had been number one the night before, okay, you would win the album that that song came from. And oh, I won okay. one time. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a Rage Against the Machine song from the Godzilla soundtrack. Okay. And I spent the the next several days after they never spoke to my parents, which is weird. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Because I was definitely like sixteen. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> um. I spent the next, like, several days worried that they were going to send me the current Rage Against the Machine album, which had a parental advisory sticker, and I was living in a household where that wouldn't be cool. Right. But instead, they sent me my first copy of the Godzilla soundtrack. Um, I've had three now, because... Is it a really good soundtrack? It's a pretty great soundtrack. Okay. However, I keep, like, someone, like, took mine and never gave it back, and then that happened again, or something like... Okay. (laughs) Like, so anyways, it's a good soundtrack, but... Maybe not worth having three t- three separate <laughs> times. I think I kind of want to hang on to it because of that memory of mm-hmm. like, you know, winning that contest, you win this thing, yeah. yeah, and like the idea of like, this is the number one song, so this album is up for grabs tomorrow, right? I don't know something like something about that really appealed to me. And then um, the Contrast Podcast started doing the Festive Fifty, which is a countdown where people nominate their favorite songs from the year, and then. Those nominations go into a list that then they they vote on for a, a, a countdown of fifty things and like okay, I basically found myself in like the late two thousands like wanting to make everything into a countdown and everything into a vote and everything into whatever right yeah that checks out um and that sort of leads us up so like it's either that or random like my two things are like is it a countdown or is it random right um. And, like, really, if you think about it, there's lots of... It's very interesting how many, like, countdowns 
take the form like how many forms countdowns take in like popular culture because like like vh1 used to do countdowns that i really liked and like right. um they would also do like the you know 50 greatest songs from the 90s and stuff like that yeah and i love those things 50 there was one that i got a whole bunch of um of like album ideas like what you know amazon gift list gift wish list um lines from uh-huh. like the 50 greatest women in rock and roll I was okay. like, oh, man, because they'd play a little clip, they'd talk, have someone talking about them, and then move on. I think I've done a little psychoanalysis of myself on this. Uh-huh. And I think that it is the same sort of attraction that I have to theater, where it's like, okay, I know what I'm going to say, and I know what they're going to say in response. That sort of organization and, like, order right. is the same thing as the countdown. Except okay. in the countdown's case, it's like, Hey, here's a bunch of music. It's all pretty good. But here is a countdown so you know that based on whatever metric this is, that this week, this song that is good is doing slightly better than this song, you know, than the song before it, whatever. Okay. So it sort of is like a like a, a merit ranking. It's okay. sort of like, oh, I should I should value this one slightly more because right. it's thirty six and not thirty seven. Crappy okay. thirty seven. Which is sort of a weird thing, because it's kind of an, a neurosis. It's kind of like an anxiety thing. Like, yeah. that I, I don't really think about myself having until I'm like, yeah, but, like, wait, you're just you're saying that this is just a random list of things? Mm-hmm. You didn't order it or anything? What's going, like, it, it feels really weird, like, when it's just like, here's a hundred things, like those, like, a hundred books you should read before you die. Yeah. And it's just like, here's a hundred books. I'm like, yeah, but which one's better? Right. <laughs> um... But yeah, so like I have, the other thing I want to talk about was my uh, routine. Okay. Um, which happens on Tuesdays. Okay. Um, it used to happen on Thursdays because recently, here's something else that screwed me up. They used to release charts on Thursdays. Okay. And then they changed the, um, they switched to releasing, from releasing music on Tuesdays to releasing them on the international release day, overwhelmingly. Is Friday. Okay. So, like, record companies all agreed to start, for the most part, releasing albums on Fridays. Okay. Which means that the charts started coming out on Tuesdays. And I didn't realize that for, like, three or four weeks. And let me tell you the anxiety I had when I realized that I had been getting my chart data, like, two days later than I could have been. Okay. It was upsetting, to say the least. Because it was like... And, like, my countdown... If you hear my countdown during that during that period of time... I think it was, like, spring of, like, maybe two or three years ago. Okay. You hear me be, like, all discombobulated because I'm like, oh, but the chart... And, like, I had I had a release date for my thing that was based on, mm-hmm. you know, it having been released on Thursday and whatever. And suddenly my timeline was, like, two days shorter and, like, all this yeah. stuff. And I, I sort of think that I haven't entirely still recovered from that <laughs> because I'm still sort of feeling behind and, like, Yeah. Even um, with your hiatus that you took, even with my hiatus that I took, I'm 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 more okay with being behind now. Okay. Um, but I still feel like I had a I had a good thing going, and it was because it released on Thursday, and then I had a weekend, and then a whole week before I started feeling behind. Right. Whereas it releases on Tuesday, and then I have stuff to do all week, and the weekend yeah. doesn't isn't so close. Yeah. <clears throat> so my routine for Tuesdays or Wednesdays when Monday has been a holiday. Okay. Which I never remember until I'm looking for the new charts on Tuesdays, and they're not there. And I'm like, 
a whole day. What's going on? It sucks. Yes. So, my chart routine. Okay. So, the first thing I do is go to the Hot 100, which is the singles chart. So, I will look only at the top 10 of the Hot 100. Okay. And I'm looking for uh, songs that are on the top 10 that I haven't done for a Top 10 Tuesday. Okay. So, I'm looking for songs that have, have recently jumped up in the Top 10 or songs that have that jumped up with a number of other songs that I haven't covered yet. Okay. Um, then I will make my Top 10 Tuesday post and get that out of the way. Then I'll go back to the Billboard 200, which is the album's chart. Okay. And I will look only at the top 20. Why? Because for a while I was watching a YouTube video where a, a seri- you know, each week someone would put out a YouTube video where they would count from 20 to 1 playing clips of songs from each album. Okay. So that made I, li- I watched that enough that it now was important enough that 20, I, 21, I'm like, I don't even want to see it. Okay. <laughs> Which is crazy. And then, so I don't do anything with that. I just okay. look at the uh, just look at the albums. Then I go to the hot, the alternative songs chart, which used to be called Hot Modern Rock uh, Tracks, which they changed because that's an awful name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I look at I, I I try not to look at the top ten at all, and I scroll as far as I can down without looking till I get to the um, below twenty. Okay. So I then start with 20 and I have to fill out my spreadsheet for my, for my show, which I have one, one Excel page for 20 to 11. Okay. And then one Excel page for the top 10 and the top 10 is what I do my show on. Okay. And so then I do all sorts of Excel finagling to make all the averages and count things update. Okay. Um, because I haven't quite figured out how to do Excel where I just enter in, I just, you know, make a new thing and it just always has column B, starting with column B and then going to the end. I know that there's a way to like fix cells and I haven't quite figured that out. Okay. So, and I'm probably not going to since I've been doing it for like seven years. Yeah, and I'm not any help because <clears throat> Excel hates me almost as much as I hate Excel. What's really funny is that every now and again I'll learn how, to, I'll figure out how to do something at my job that I'll be like, you know, this is not useful here. <laughs> but where this would be very useful is in the spreadsheet. Like, right. I recently added um, how many weeks a song was at number one. Okay. Which is e- which is an easy count thing to do. You just, you know, look for their number one. But I then recently figured out how to do if-then statements in Excel. Okay. So I now have a column that shows me how many weeks something was at number two but didn't peak at number one. Okay. Which is pretty fun. And by fun, super I mean, like, nerdy. super nerdy. Yeah. Yeah. Like about the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I I I started to actually do that for each position, okay. like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then I realized that that's too far. Yes. So I so I stopped. I'm glad you have limits. That's too far. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's good to have boundaries. <clears throat> indeed. Oh, another huge influence, and and um, one of the reasons I made my show is Casey Kasem. Okay. Um, the... who I know exclusively from Saved by the Bell. Oh, really? You know him from Scooby Doo too? Nope, I never watched Scooby Doo. Oh, okay. Do you know? I what... mean, like I've seen a few episodes then here and there. He was the voice of both Scooby and Shaggy. Oh, okay. Which is, if you if you that's if very you know, random. If you know what his voice sounds like, and you listen to Shaggy, not really realizing that it's Shaggy, like like if you hear it on in the background, you're like, "What is Casey Kasem? Oh, that's Shaggy." It's really weird. Interesting. <clears throat> and what's really weird is that he was like like 45 or something 
Actually, we should have Chad on. Ch- Chad will be able to correct us on the Scooby Doo fact. I'm sure we're doing. he will. Yeah. I guess Scooby Doo was on in the '70s, so he would have been like our age. But doing like a kids, like a very popular kids television program, too, is sort of weird. He's sort of the. I mean, that's why Ryan Seacrest took over for him. I think because I think I feel like Casey Kasem was also sort of like. I do everything. Yeah. Put me on a TV show. Give me a radio show. Cartoons? Sounds good. Yeah. Um, but so I... I would totally voice a cartoon. Sure. Absolutely. I think voice acting would be lots of fun. I think it would be. Also really hard work, probably. Yeah. Because I think it would be lots of fun. It's probably, like, really hard. It's like you alone in a sound studio yeah. reacting to stuff that's not actually happening. Right, but... It would be really hard. I feel like it would be, like, the difference between... Like, a Rose Matter really kind of clued me in on on a little bit of voice acting stuff. Yeah. Where I was like, God, it'd be just, like, long hours and, like... Yeah. Ugh. And, like, especially if we're, like, a cartoon, it'd be, like, we need you to do it, but, like, gruffer. Like, the adjectives yeah. that you'd have to, like, adjust your voice to would be... There's behind-the-scenes footage of Frozen where they just, like, lock them in a room and make them say the same line eight different times. Yeah. Eight different ways. Yeah. So that however the other part, so that they can basically splice together the ones that work best to create a conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, that just doesn't sound fun. <clears throat> I would I, not want to do that. Yeah. They did, um, I watched some behind the scenes footage of Storks, um, okay. which had, um, like, uh, Key and Peel were the, did you ever see Storks? No. <clears throat> there are wolves in Storks okay. that try and that try and steal this baby, okay. and they're voiced by Key and Peel, who okay. are like sketch actors. Yeah. Um, so it was fun to watch them because they were in the room with each other and playing off of each other. Right. So that was pretty good. Um, but then they also had like Andy Samberg, who's the main guy in right. Storks, just doing his lines. Whatever. The funnest one was there's this little tiny the, the bad guy in the in the movie is this little tiny, like. Did you ever watch um, Garfield and Friends? Yes. You know the the N- little n- normal, not normal. Uh, Do you ever watch the 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 other cartoon that was with Garfield and Friends? Was Garfield, but then also U.S. Acres. It was like a farm. Yes. With Orson the pig. Yes. And like, and like the egg that had feet. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, the egg that had feet also had a chicken, like a chick. Yes. That was that was also there? Yes. That's the size of the villain in Storks. Okay. <clears throat> He's voiced by this large opera looking dude. Okay. Who was doing this like and he has this like weird like like German? Okay. Like English German like how like when you know, the English would make a, a war movie and use English people as Nazis. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like yeah, but that's just you using an English accent with a weird, like, twist on it. Yeah. That sort of voice. Okay. But also, like, surfer. It's this weird voice. Okay. And it's so funny to watch this guy do it. And he's just doing, like we were talking about, just, like, doing lines and doing lines and doing lines over and over again. Yeah. But in this voice that you're, like, there's a weird juxtaposition because you know the voice as this little tiny character. Right. But it's this big dude doing right. it. It's really funny. Interesting. <clears throat> I don't know voice how acting. we got on Dorks. Oh, oh Casey, uh, Kasem. Casey Kasem. Yeah. yeah, so um, we would listen after church. We would, um, my mom would be doing social stuff at like the coffee, yeah, you know, the after church coffee thing, right? <clears throat> Which I, we don't, I don't need to comment on right now. 
because it drives me crazy. Um, and I would go to the car and 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 turn on uh, Casey Kasem, who was still doing like American. This is like you know mid nineties. He was yeah. doing American Top Forty countdown still. And I'd be like, this is awesome. What is this? Song? You know, like, and then um, so that was great. And then seventies uh, on seven does mm-hmm. Casey K- does like old oh, episodes okay. of it, like. Every Saturday and Sunday, they'll run, like, one episode. Okay. So it'll be like, you know, this week in 1971, here's the KCK, here's the top 40. Interesting. American top 40. The whole thing from 40 to 1, it's so cool. The only thing it's missing is, like, commercials, like, from the air, from the age. Right. Which would be awesome. But, like, I also, um, some, like, I have two full episodes of the top 40 downloaded. Okay. Which is fun. Um, cause that, 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 um, those do have the commercials in them, right? which is pretty cool. So what I'm saying is this is like, I, I can't wrap my, I can't really get around and flank my countdown obsession. It's pretty unabashed. <clears throat> and I, I, I make no, I make no bones about it. Like, well, yeah, it's why it's unabashed. Yeah. It's, I, I love it. And I like, you know, I think that listening to like the top 40 is instructive, even if like, I don't really trust people's musical opinions that don't know also the super popular things. Like, you don't have to like it, but if you're not conversant in, like, what's on the top. Yeah, exactly. Like, or, like, even, like, not even, like, even one step beyond Beyonce, where it's, like, if you don't know about this person that's had, like, three top ten hits this, this year. Yeah. Then your opinion isn't. I mean, like it's still. It can still be valid. You know, I'm. Right. I'm not. I'm not about invalidating people's opinions. It's just like, even if you don't like it, it's a knowledge of what a lot of people are listening right. like, to. Right. Like, don't call yourself a music person. Yeah. If you're not even going to at least be aware of what's going on in, kind of like all of the genres exactly. of music. If, and you don't have to like it. Right. There's a difference between knowing about it and liking it. And I think of course. one people that one thing that turns people off about it, you know, that that doesn't turn me off is like you know, like I don't like, you know, like the the idea of I don't like listening to this. Right. So why should I force myself to listen to this? And I'm like, well, it's the, the countdown. So you know, <laughs> this song is better than the last song. I mean, it's not enough. And Kristen got Kristen no, and I had it's a it's not enough. No, I know. And and Kristen and I had a fight one time because I was listening to I make Spotify playlists um uh-huh. of the top forty. Of course you do. <clears throat> yeah. And so it was at a time when there was a lot of kinda twangy, kinda bro country on the mm-hmm. top forty. And we were in the middle of like the fourth or fifth song of that type and Kristen was like, What what is this? Yeah, what, can, we can we turn this not? off? Yeah. Exactly. And like it's hard to argue because you're like, but it's what it represents. <laughs> but it's the top 40? Yeah, exactly. I can't just skip ahead from 34 to 27. Yeah, exactly. That, oh my God. That just, ugh. That just made me sick a little. <laughs> um, at least you would, go to the top 10. You would have such a hard time. Kevin can't stand listening to music when I'm around because I'm like, this song sucks. Skip it. Yeah. The song sucks. Skip it. Yeah. Skip the song. It sucks. That song He's was like, awesome. Let's listen to it again. all of the songs suck? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't, like, I don't know how to, this is an ongoing thing. Yeah. It shows no sign of stopping. Yeah. (laughs) I found, I recently, ooh, I recently found a website called bestalbumever.com. Oh dear. Which takes, it basically aggregates, it's kind of like, so there's Metacritic, there's a, a cycle Metacritic, which takes all, like, you know, 
oh, we give this, um, you know, four stars. We give this right. 75 out of 100 or whatever. It aggregates, like, as many things about an album, uh, just, uh, album TV, music, album, uh, music, TV, movies, and video games. Okay. It aggregates, like, all the reviews, and, like, it can give you, it has, like, a meta score, which is, like, the average is a six. So, okay. like, you know that it's kind of good. Okay. Based on critics. Well, Best Album Ever is sort of the same thing, only it takes, like, top 100 lists and, like, like lists of that sort. Right. Like, ranked lists and puts them all together. So, like, it has a list of, like, so far, here are the best albums as ranked by people of 2017. Here's the best list. Here's the best songs of the 70s. Here's the... I think they're... It's albums. So, it's, here's the best albums of the 70s. Here's the best albums of 1974. Here's the best albums of the Beatles. Like... So it'll be like, here this this is number one. This is number two, based on like people's lists and stuff. How do you have time to do a podcast when there's all these lists you could be looking at? I know it's so well. I put them into my uh, random number generator thing. Okay, and so then I don't have to think about them until it comes up. So I should not suggest that we <clears throat> wrap things up so that you can go look at your list and I can go play Fire Emblem. Um, you could suggest that, but it's not. It's not random number generator it's time. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> May I suggest that we go ahead and wrap things up anyway? Because I think we're we should. going long. I think we should. Okay. Um, yeah. So, if basically, if you are interested in talking about any sort of countdown or chart stuff with me, James is your guy. I am into it. Um, yeah. That, that that's basically it. This, Bonus this... points if you're more conversant in it than I am, because <laughs> I've kind of been like, I'm just I'm just hold I'm just holding up this this chair here. Yeah. I see, and that's. And I guess this is as good as it was going to go. Yeah. Because, like, I was, like, I, I was trying really hard to find my 1997, that, that first yeah. issue that I got. Because I felt like um, Bon Jovi might have been in there. Yeah. And um, Matchbox 20 and Backstreet Boys. and Music that I yeah, listened to. That we, could, that we could talk about and be like, oh, look at this. This is when it was at number 50 or whatever. Like, whatever. Right. But I think this is as good as it was going to go. Yeah. Which is sort of nebulous and ranty. Uh-huh. Which is sort of, I guess, how I feel about countdowns and charts and stuff. Yeah. So maybe this maybe this represents my obsession a little bit there you better go. than I think it probably than bringing does. anyone else in on it. <laughs> so where can people reach you if they would like to talk to you about music charts? Well, um, if you want to tweet at me, um, I'm at unabashed James. Um, our show is at unabashedly no is that UFO podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this week the F stands for forty, as in top forty. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron is, if you want to not tweet about charts, if you want to tweet about Fire Emblem Awakening and you want to suggest a good pairing. Yeah, do that. Um, you could tweet at Aaron at unabashedly Aaron. Yeah. Um, you could join our Facebook group, which you should definitely do. You should. And if you, and I don't want to make, the, I want to make this clear because I had a concern. Someone liked our Facebook page that I don't know. Okay. Someone liked our group page or our, our page. Right. Join the group. And then yes. you, you wrote a, you wrote a, an awesome thing that I actually like today that was like, hey, if you're here, go over there. Go to this other place. But Did me... I have a link to the group in I that thing? I don't know. I should probably check that and I was in my car. Oh. I'll, I'll <clears throat> check it and yeah. update it if I don't. Um, but yeah, you should, you should, like, if you do nothing else, join the Facebook group. Yes. It's called Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. And, and we talk a lot. We talk a lot and like about good stuff. Like Jamie commented this morning about um, uh, redo re- redo your Steve one. He he <laughs> re- redo renew years redo, redo years, years Steve. Steve. 
redo year's eve one right because we took out the steve part right um he talked about um the the characters that steven root and steve buscemi played that he wanted to get together uh-huh <clears throat> and then this afternoon or evening actually when i was driving over when i was at a red light i saw andy posted about i guess an, a doctor who animated thing that he found okay um where martha is still the worst martha's the even in animated form, he God, said. God, she's the worst. <clears throat> but basically, topics about anything we've talked about. And stuff we haven't talked and about. And stuff we haven't talked about. Anything you want to post, basically, basically, is fine. Yeah. If it feels like it's in line with... with My rule is, is like, is it related in some way? Yeah. Like, I, oh, by the way, happy International Women's Day today. Oh, thank you. Um, And I almost posted today about, like, what are your favorite... Who are your favorite women in fiction or something on our group? I just didn't get around to it or whatever. Uh-huh. That would have been that would have been fine. I sort of try and be like, you know, because like I would pick like Anna Kendrick and like, I don't know, uh, Amy she, Pond and. Is she a woman in fiction? She I, 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 she the, plays fictional characters. I, 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 Becca from what I, I don't yeah, know. Okay. It was this is why I didn't post because mm-hmm. I was like, what do I want to do? What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Um, if it, my rule is. It has to be some way, in some way, tangentially related. Yeah. In some way, but like the tangent can be super <laughs> distant. Yes, <clears throat> that's what we do best. That's that's exactly right. So join the group. Um, you can also email us unabashedlyobsessed at gmail dot com. You can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Yes. You should rate, review, and subscribe on yes, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You Go- can, Google Play? I don't know what Google, Google Play is. Google but... Play is a new thing. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah, we haven't quite gotten set up on that yet. They just show those Harlem Shake memes over and over again. Yeah, stay away from, <laughs> stay away from that. That sounds awful. Um, you could email us at unabashedlyobsessed at gmail.com. I already said that. Like Aaron said. <laughs> I <clears throat> think that will do it for us. Oh, thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song. Did you guys know there was a ladder down here? And Emily Cardamus for our awesome art. You should follow her at Corrupted Gem. And I think we're done. I think that's it. This has been Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. Smoking kills. And so do pennies. Mm-hmm.